God is so good, so faithful, so loving. We could go on and on. I don't think that we could ever express how much God is. It's just not in our vocabulary. Uh, we, we can stand before him and, and, and we're speechless. We, we just have groans uh, because we can't express who he is. Father, this morning, we want to thank you for loving us. And we want to understand that love and respond to that love in greater ways. So, Father, we ask that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to begin this morning with a passage in John chapter 15, verse 13. John chapter 15, verse 13. Here Jesus says this. He says, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. These are Jesus' words. And we might ask this question, what is this passage, or who is this passage speaking of? Jesus, right? But it's also speaking of us. It's, it's inclusive of us as well. It's not, just, it's not just about Jesus, it's also about us. It's about everyone, not just people who are saved and in his church. Jesus is talking about everyone in the world. Every single person in the world has the potential to be part of God's kingdom. So today, I'd like to talk a little bit about us. And when we talk about us, we can say this, life is not easy. I don't know if ever in history life was ever easy. I think every generation has experienced difficulties in life. There's no generation that can say life was easy. But the most difficult parts of life, I think, is dealing with relationships. That's the most difficult part of life. I think if it was just stuff, we could deal with that. But relationships, that's the hardship. A friend emailed me some little notes, and they're entitled The Paradox of Our Time. And I think that they, they touch on some real truths. Let me share them with you. It goes like this. We live in times when we see many humans, but not enough humanity. We live in times where smartphones bring you closer to those who are far and distance you from those who are close. We live in times where we open Facebook more than the noble book. 
We live in times where our possessions are more, but our contentment is less. We live in times where many know the price of everything, but the value of nothing. We live in times where we know how to earn a good living, but somehow we forget how to live a good life. Isn't that true? In many ways, it's so true. Over the past several weeks, we've discovered more about our purpose, why God has put us here, more about our mission, where God is sending us. We're here because God created us for his glory. I'm just going to highlight a few of these things. God created us for his glory. We discovered that having an authentic faith in Jesus, in that we have an identity. Without our faith in Jesus, we don't know who we are. We're just people running around this world, waiting for time to pass. But in Jesus, we have an identity. We have kinfolk. We found that we are on the same team. We're, we're going toward the same goals. We're on the same mission. We found that we love and appreciate all that God has blessed us with. Because in that, we have assurance. A heavenly assurance. But there's more. God wants us to have more. Last Sunday, we talked about how we can discover more through God's word. And he has more for us. If we want more, he's saying, here it is. It's there for you. And you know what? We all need more. Every one of us needs more. I want more. Question is, do you want more? Do you want more? Hallelujah. We all, I, I know I want more, so I, I hope today that I can share with you just a, a part that can inspire you in a little greater way. You see, when it comes to God's word, the more you get of God's word, the more there is still there for you. I've discovered that through my trade, that the more I learned about my trade, the more I realized I didn't know. I guess I learned that there was more than, than what I could see or understand. The more you get into the word of God, the more is missing. The more you need, you find out that there's so much more in the word of God that you don't know than what you do know. And the more that you discover, the more exciting the word of God gets. And that's wonderful. I love that. But I think life is very similar. The more of life we experience, the more there is of life to experience. And I'm thrilled about that too. Because I love life. I think God is blessed in such a wonderful way. Amen. But life is about relationships. Life on earth is about relationship. I want us to imagine, if you can, just imagine 
this. You, you, you have your Bible, and it is wonderful. It, it, it leads you everywhere. It gives you wisdom. It gives you guidance. It, 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 it takes you along the right path. But imagine, yes, you have your Bible, but no relationship with God. You have your family members, people that you live with, but you don't have a relationship with them. Imagine all the people in your circles, the ones that you work with, the ones that are next, live next to you. You know who they are but you have no relationship with them. Can you imagine life without a relationship? I, I don't know if we can imagine that, but I'm just encouraging you to try to imagine that. Life without a relationship is a lonely life. It's absolutely lonely. Right now in this world, there's, there's all kinds of trouble. And we have all this trouble, even though there's all kinds of relationships. But can you imagine a world without relationships? How much trouble there would be? If we think about it, we would say, well, that's just simply existing. Life without relationship is only existence. You're alive, but what kind of a life would you live? The red panda, the platypus, the sloth, and a number of other uh, animals, they do not have relationships. They are loners. They, yes, they do interact with their own kind, primarily to breed. But what a lonely way to exist by yourself. But God didn't create us to exist. We were created to connect with one another. We were created to connect with God, and we were created to connect with one another. We were created to interact, to have feelings, to have relationships. God never intended for any person to live alone. Right from the beginning, Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. He created Adam and Eve for each other, and he said, be fruitful and increase in number. God's intention was not just to increase a bunch of lonely people. God's intention was for human beings to be to, to be multiplied so that they have an interaction with one another, to share their lives, their feelings, their emotions, their experiences with one another. Not only did God create mind, uh, mankind to be relational, God created mankind to be relational with him also. In fact, that's the priority. We can relate to one another because God relates to us. In fact, it was God who initiated relationships. We didn't think this up on our own. It was God who initiated 
relationships. And if, if we look at scripture, we find that that is what the whole word of God is about. The word of God is about restoring relationships. God desires to have a relationship with us. But he doesn't just want us to relate to him. He wants us to interact with him. God wants us to draw close to him. God wants us to to know him. To know him. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. That tells us that we have something to do. If we want to draw close to God, we have to take some action as well. God is always there. He's always waiting. He's waiting for us to respond to him. The incarnation of Jesus was God's profound way of initiating a desire to connect with us, to have this real personal relationship with us. It wasn't enough that God revealed. He understood that we have a problem with that. And so he says, I'm sending Jesus. I'm sending Jesus in human form so he can connect with you and with me. So we can understand what God is all about. But a relationship is never one way. Everybody, anybody ever had a relationship with yourself? <laughs> Doesn't work, does it? In order to have a relationship, you have to have someone else or a group of people. We always have to have a, a, this personal interaction with, with more than just ourselves. And, and we have to keep in mind that God created us not just for relationships, but to know him, to know others, to love others, to, to love God, to, to be with others, to share. God designed human beings to reflect his own character. If we go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, God created man in his own image. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created the male and female, he created them. So God created us to be like him. God desires a relationship. What's inside of us? The same desire, because that's the way God created us. There's this innate thing that happens inside of us that craves, that longs, that looks forward to a relationship a connection between God and other people. So it's, it's this thing that goes up and it's this thing that goes across. In fact, God spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter 26 and he says, his offspring would become as a, a blessed nation as numerous as the stars in the sky. God had an intention, not only for a relationship with him, but he had this intention for us to have a relationship with one another. Paul Tripp, in his book, Whiter Than Snow, he, he, he quotes this. He says, We were created to be independent, autonomous, or self... We were not created. We weren't created, sorry. We weren't created to be independent, autonomous, or self-sufficient. 
We were made to live in a humble, worshipful, and loving dependency upon God. And in a loving and humble interdependency with others. He says our lives were designed to be in community. Community with God. Community with one another. So we find that, that life is about sharing. Life is about sharing our lives with one another. We need community. We need to interact with one another. We need to relate to one another. As Christians, we need one another. God, God has done this in a way that allows us to walk alongside, to embrace one another, to lift one another up, to encourage one another, to spur one another on. Life gets us down real quick. But as fellow Christians, we can lift each other up with this relationship that we have. We can spur each other on in faith and in life. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, Scripture says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. That day is approaching. Scripture also tells us that in the end times, love will grow cold. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that happen in our world. Therefore, it's all the more important that we kindle these relationships that we have with each other to encourage us to continue to be warm with one another. I know for myself, I appreciate my relationship with God. I very much appreciate it. Never in my life have I been more satisfied, more peaceful, more looking forward. Never have I had a greater reason to live than the time that I have known the Lord Jesus. He has given me purpose he has given me something to look forward to. And never in my life have I experienced more friendship than in a believer's circle. We had friends before we were saved. But since being saved into God's kingdom, God has opened the door of friendship so wide, it's hardly comprehensible. If, we, if Sherry and I were to say, okay, what relationships have we built? I don't think that we could visit one family every day in a year and visit every one. That's how wide God makes this circle. Relationships in God and in his church just continually expand the interesting thing about every relationship that we have is it gives us this sense of belonging I know that we belong here I also know that we belong in other churches and in other circles God has put us there and he's opened these doors of relationship 
in that we have this identity. We are identified as God's people. And we have this comfort knowing that we are not alone. The only time you will be alone is if you choose to be alone. And most people who choose to be alone choose because they have fears or they have problems and they don't know how to deal with them. We can choose to have relationships. C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity writes this. He says, if you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. If you want to get wet, you must get into the water. If you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. If you want to get close to it, the spray will, get, will wet you. If you are not, you will remain dry. It's a choice. And maybe some people don't want to get in but maybe they want to get close. According to his words, you're going to get wet. You're going to experience relationship. And it's going to draw you closer. We were never meant to live dry lives. We were meant to connect with each other. God's intention, God's creation in us. But not of all of our relationships are with Christians. We might say, I have these wonderful Christian relationships, but God never intended you to have a relationship with Christians only. He intended that you have a relationship with those that don't know him. Some of our friends are not Christians. I still consider them friends because that's what they are. Some of our friends don't want anything to do with Christianity. Doesn't mean that we withdraw. It means that we maintain those relationships. We interact with them. We, we share our lives with them. We take opportunities to share our faith wherever God opens the door. Just recently, some friends of ours have a daughter, and that daughter grew up in the faith. And that was wonderful. Uh, you know, from all looks, it looked like she was, had given her life to the Lord until she came of age. And she separated from her family, lived in another place. Well, for her, it was, I want to experience the world. I want what's out there. I don't want this faith that my parents had. I think that it wasn't real to her. It wasn't her own faith. And so she went out to discover the world and she got very hurt. But in that time, Sherry and I continued to love her. Didn't matter what she was doing. We did not criticize her. We did not warn her and say, what you're doing is wrong. We did not try to convict her of her wrongdoing. We loved her. 
And Sherry did most of the loving. She's a girl. She could relate better. But we just loved on this girl. And you know, before last Sunday, she sent Sherry an email and said, I'm planning to go to church on Sunday. Last Sunday, she went to church. She recommitted her life to the Lord. This was her choice. Not because somebody was telling her she was doing something wrong. She was dressing wrong. She was living wrong. She was saying wrong things. No. She was loving her for who she is and allowing Christ to shine through us. It was the Holy Spirit's work. Our work was to develop this relationship, to develop this relationship with her. We should always be ready. Always be ready for the opportunities that God lays before us. We never know how God is working in the hearts and minds of people. We can't push them there. All we can do is show them. Jesus says in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, he says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. The work is Jesus' work. But Jesus' work was also to build relationships. Jesus' work was to allow the gospel to shine forth through him. And in John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus says, As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Be Jesus to everyone. Show them my Father's love. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15 says, How then can they call on the one whom they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? The idea of preaching here is not criticism. The idea here is preaching the good news. And how can they preach unless they were sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. What is good news? Uh, No, you shouldn't be going to the bar. No, you shouldn't be hanging out with those friends of yours. The way you dress is inappropriate. Is that good news? What is the good news? The love of Jesus and the relationship he desires to have with you. That's what Jesus is talking about when he says the good news. Nowhere do I find in scripture that Jesus calls us to be judging other people, especially non-Christians. Our work is to develop a relationship and to extend the love of Jesus. Jesus built relationships with those who did not know him. 
what Jesus did. Jesus went around to building relationships with sinners. And you know what the religious leaders did? They dissed him for it, right? So how can you do that? You know this woman is a sinner. How can you allow her to touch you? That wasn't Jesus. He says, you don't know what she's doing to me. Jesus embraced her. The whole point of the gospel is a restored relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the whole point of the gospel. A restored relationship. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, God is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. How do we do that? How do we do that? Every one of us, I believe, knows people who are not saved. It, it reminds me of a professor of mine. He says, you know what? He often went on these trips to speaking engagements, and he gets on the plane, and, and, and when he comes back, he says, you know what? He says, God has blessed me with another unbeliever, a non-Christian, and it, it put him beside me in the seat of the airplane. And I had an opportunity. He was always looking for an opportunity. He went to the doctor and he said, are there any Christians, doctors here in the office? They said, yeah, this one's a Christian, this one's a Christian. He says, don't give me those ones. Give me these ones. He was always looking for an opportunity to build a relationship with somebody who was not a Christian. That's what Jesus did. He went around saying, I'm not interested in the religious leaders. I'm really interested in the sinner. Jesus was authentic in these relationships. And he always maintained his integrity. He didn't judge those folks. He loved them and he respected the sinner. What a better way to get into the lives of those who don't know the Lord Jesus. To love them and respect them for who they are. Jesus didn't look at the wrong that these folks were doing, but he saw the potential that they had. He saw that potential in them. These were pre-Christians. And then Jesus guided them into the kingdom. He guided them. Jesus has asked us to do the same thing. We have this wonderful celebration in front of us called Christmas. As far as I know, outside of a few groups, nearly everyone celebrates Christmas. Nearly everyone. And what is Christmas about? Christmas is about God coming into this world to relate to us. To restore this relationship. And with Christmas comes this great opportunity. The opportunity is that we celebrate. We celebrate with families. We celebrate with friends, with people. 
we develop and rekindle relationships through the Christmas period. And you know what comes before invitation? Relationship. We don't earn the right to ask anyone into the faith until they know who Jesus is in us. When they see it in us, and we have that relationship, we can begin to make headway. 80 to 90% of those folks who come to know the Lord came to know the Lord because of the relationship they had with another Christian. It's not because they went out there and just preached the gospel, gave them a message. It's because they developed a relationship. That's how Jesus did it. These folks who come to know the Lord come to know the Lord because they see Jesus in you. If we want to be effective in reaching people for the kingdom, if we're on that mission, we have to do it Jesus' way. So the point or the challenge today is it is Christmas season. We're going to celebrate the first Advent next Sunday. And we all look forward to it. We all look forward to this time of the season because this season, things are dark. It's dark around December. We can get depressed because we're always getting up in the dark and going to bed in the dark. But there's a bright spot, Christmas. And Christmas is also an opportunity where people rekindle relationships. It's an opportunity for us to allow the Lord Jesus Christ to shine out of us. And when that door opens, we need to be authentic. We need to share who we are. We don't have to tell them anything else other than who we are and the hope that we have and the reason that we celebrate. God's going to do the rest of the work. But I want you to know this, that there are people out there who are waiting to hear from you. They know who you are. But they're waiting to hear from you. And I want to encourage you. When God opens the door, walk through the door. I've talked to Debbie about making up some invitation cards. It's a way of you being able to not only talk to them about your faith, but also in the relationship that you've built is to invite. To invite. People want to be invited. Very often, they're, they're, they're too restrained. They're too, they're too embarrassed, especially about who they are. Most of the people that I know who are non-Christians, I talk to them about Christianity, say, I'm not good enough. I've had people say, when I'm good enough, I'm going to go. No, the point of going is to allow Jesus to make you better. You're not going to do it on your own. 
So I hope to have some invitations for you. Just pray and ask God for his leading and his guidance because it's about kingdom work. It's not about this church. It's about who are we going to bring into the kingdom. Father, yes, may the cross impassion us. Draw us close to you. But Father, you've also asked us to build relationships with one another. Build relationships for the kingdom. We have ample stories in scripture that show us and illustrate this. But Father, it's you that has to do the work in us. And so I pray for us, Lord, as a people of God, that you would so move your spirit in our hearts that we cannot do anything but share. And may it be unto your glory and praise. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.